You're listening to the Full-Time Function Musician Podcast, episode one. You're listening to the Full-Time Function Musician Podcast, the number one resource for growing your function musician business. If you're a solo wedding singer, part of a 12-piece luxury show band, or anything in between, and want to learn from other successful musicians, you're in the right place. Hello and welcome to the Full-Time Function Musician Podcast. I am your host, Jack Twiner. Here we go, the first episode. I'm really excited to finally get this out. If you haven't already, go back and listen to episode zero. That's just a short little intro into myself and the podcast. Um, this wasn't actually the first episode recorded, but I felt like it was. this is a good one that gives an overall feel of how I want this podcast to go. Um, the general outline I'm running with at the moment is getting to know the guests a bit, how they got started, how they got to where they are today, um, with some business and marketing thrown in as well. Um, I do aim to get a bit more business-minded as we move forward, but yeah, I hope you still get something out of this one. Anyway, that's enough from me. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello and welcome to the Full-Time Function Musician Podcast. On today's episode, we have the queen of sax, Lucy Harvey. Lucy is a professional vocalist and saxophonist with 25 years experience in the industry and has performed around the world in places like Dubai and Greece, as well as sharing the stage with the likes of Take That and Susan Boyle. More recently, having won three awards in the last two years, she's now solidified her place as one of the best wedding musicians in the country. Lucy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so just want to kick things off. I want to um, dive into how you got started as a musician, um, a bit of background on your career, basically. Yeah. So um, when I went to secondary school at 11, my dad sort of offered me the chance to learn an instrument. It was something that was offered at school. Um, and I said, yeah, but I don't really know what I want to play. <laughs> and he said, well, I've always liked the saxophone. And that was that from there. So um yeah, did sort of all my exams up to grade six and left school, got through a little point of not wanting to play anymore. My parents did push me um, and I'm glad they did. <laughs> I kept going and then um, and then started singing a little bit alongside that. And really my first experience of um, other than school plays and that sort of thing was joining Holiday Park. Literally the day before my 18th birthday, I went to a Holiday Park um, and did a summer season there. And that just uh, showed me everything I needed to know about how to use a microphone. You know, you're pushed into these shows that you suddenly have to singing and, and dance. And I was not a trained dancer um, and how to present and how to use a mixing desk. And just all those basic skills just came from that, really. Nice. And how long were you doing the holiday park for? So um, I did two summers of just the six weeks holidays. And then uh, I was at university at the time. And then when I graduated from university, um, actually doing a writing course, not music randomly, I um, I then went back to Holiday Park for another two seasons um, and just as a co-entertainer. And then I was like, um, I think, you know, I, I want to mix things up and actually follow music in a different in a different path and ended up uh, joining a band on a cruise ferry for a short contract. And I was like, yeah, I can I want to do this more and then started auditioning for all sorts of things. So it was a little a little bit of a slow road. Nice. And how did that come about? Um, so I'd auditioned for, to join this band um, before I'd gone back to the holiday park earlier that season and I didn't get the place, which, you know, that's 
that's part of life in music, really. Um, and then the guy who owned the band just called me up out of the blue and said, oh, you wouldn't happen to be available for this two-week cruise ferry job, would you? Um, and I spoke to my entertainment manager at the time. It was, like, quiet season. He was quite supportive of just, you know, generally in the industry. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. You can go and do it. So I, w- I went and did it. And then I came back and finished the, whole, the rest of the holiday park season. Um, and that was just sort of a, a view into entertainment world outside of the holiday park sort of rapper and that and that made me just audition for all sorts of things and was that as a singer or as a sax player yeah at that time it was mainly vocals and I did I think I did uh take my saxophone and did you know the odd little bit in in numbers that had saxophone in it like you know James Brown and things like that but um not really to the stage that I'm at now so after the holiday parks after the cruise ferry uh what did you move on to after that so my big passion which I've still never done I I wanted to work on a cruise ship in the big production shows um and uh, so I, I was just, you know, bought the stage newspaper as you did back in the day and you'd browse all the auditions and go to London all the time, auditioning for various things. And I ended up in a band in Dubai, which I, I did love, actually, but it was just the lead singer of Six Nights a Week, vocalist. I took my saxophone as well and did, a li- again, just little bits here and there. Um, and then after doing that for, for basically a year, I just I sort of missed the shows. I missed the acting element and not just being me on the you know stage at getting to performers different characters so that that got me back to the cruise ship auditions still didn't get on the cruise ships but I worked for this amazing company in Greece called Sani Resorts and they've just got some of the best hotels and they are basically uh, probably better than some of the cruise ship shows but just on land um and that again was six nights a week but it was just brilliant we did like three different in-house musicals six dance shows and I was lead vocalist for that um and yeah, and then after that, I decided I wanted to study musical theatre because I didn't have any actual training in it. Even though I was doing the job, I just sort of had this little weird, probably imposter syndrome moment of, you know, all the dancers have, have been to college in London and they've all got, you know, accreditation and, and I'm just out here just singing with nothing. So, yeah, so then I went back to study musical theatre, which was a bit of a random U-turn, but decided to start supporting myself through going back to college by gigging. And that opened a different door as well. Awesome. So I know from our chat previously that um, at some stage you decided to get a quote unquote normal job. Um, yeah. Um, how did that come about? Oh, so after I finished university, sort of I've done my little holiday park seasons, um, you know, and you think, well, grown up now, <laughs> get a proper job. And um, I, I worked on this graduate scheme at an architect's office. And I just used to sit there and think, oh, do you know what? If I was on the holiday park now, I'd be doing kids club or oh, I'd be doing the quiz or and I just it just wasn't me but I felt like it was the grown-up thing I had to do and then uh you know as fate would have it the graduate scheme um closed and so it kind of ran out of funding basically um so they had to let me go <laughs> I don't know I mean I think it worked out for the best really for sure so is that your your only sort of stint um in the in the normal world I think so. I mean, I, as as a performer, you do lots of weird and wonderful things. So I've done lots of promotional work, you know, when you're handing out freebies or flyers or getting people to sign up to things in between contracts. I've worked as an extra on lots of TV productions. Um, I used to run Santa's Grotto in between uh, contracts abroad. So, yeah, lots of lots of weird and wonderful things. But that's probably the most sensible job I held down for about four months. In, so in those early days then, what... 
what were you doing to get those kind of jobs? Was it just networking or as you say, you were handing out some flyers and things like that? What kind of things were you doing to market yourselves and get those kind of jobs? Well, that I mean, the promotional work came out of actually working with dancers in Greece and they were sort of explaining between contracts that this is what they do. It was quite well paid at the time. Um, you know, it's not it's not too grueling a task. You turn up, you get given your branded T-shirt, you give some leaflets out. And then quite often then I used to go and gig on a night as well. So it worked out well working in the daytime and gigging at night and and you know being able to keep a roof over your head and things between contracts so um lots lots of things that yeah kept the income stream coming in but didn't stop me doing what I wanted to do um and more recently then uh you've decided to move into the wedding market um what was the decision behind that yeah well I um I'd sometimes depth for local bands um, who did, you know, local function bands um, who did weddings. And and I really enjoyed that because at a wedding, you're sort of, they're already in a good mood most of the time. Um, so you don't have to try that hard. It, the party kind of is already there and you've just got to amp it up. And, um, and I also uh, used to sing with a gospel choir and they did loads of weddings. So I got to see both the daytime part of weddings and the evening part of weddings through through these jobs and I was like just you know it's just this really nice atmosphere um which you don't always get sometimes when you turn up and play in a pub um sometimes you've got really work to get them on your side so it was sort of on my mind and I'd done a couple of wedding fairs and and it was going alongside um the the other gigs I was doing and then Covid hit and as we all know, obviously, just work completely dried up and my diary cleared out. And it sort of, at the time, I didn't realise that it was going to work so well. But whilst you're sort of in COVID and you're thinking, well, I need to do productive things because I, I don't want to just be sat on my laurels. And I updated my website and I did an SEO course and I um, was just doing all these little bits that actually got the ball, the ball rolling with an empty diary to just start filling it with weddings rather than having the holiday parks or the um, other agents gigs booked in. And then um, the Ibiza sax thing was like really taking off. I just started to get into that before lockdown, sort of playing along with a DJ. Um, and, and yeah, that lovely Laura Ibiza thing, which is so big now and I get asked to do a lot. Um, I had time to work on that and get a showreel done for that um, just as it came out of lockdown. And then it just snowballed. And I, it's just my favourite thing <laughs> to play at weddings. Yeah, is that um, is, as most of your work now weddings or is there still some other stuff sprinkled in? Yeah, there's still some other stuff. Um, I do a few hen parties a year as well, which I really like that. That's always a fun time. A um, couple of birthday parties, obviously corporate events, especially around Christmas. Um, but the majority of my work now is weddings. And I still do the occasional um, holiday park gigs as well. It just, yeah, but I, I know that my heart kind of lies with weddings and, and that's what I try to get in my diary the most. I, so I had a look at your website, obviously, before before doing this, which looks really great, by the way. So did you do that yourself or did you get a professional to do it? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, that, that is way out of my, um, my comfort zone. It's, it's gone through a couple of changes in the last few years. So I had it rebranded, like I said, in, in 2020 in COVID. And then I had it rebranded again earlier this year because it just wasn't 100% how I wanted it. Um, and yeah, there's a great, great guy down in Plymouth who does it. And, you know, he updates it all all the time when I'm like, can you put these new pictures on that I've got? And um, it's still, it's about to have another big change, actually, a couple of new pages and things. So um, yeah, that's that's not my remit. But I did learn a little bit about SEO and and trying to make sure that 
you know, Google knows I exist and and uh, it's getting my website right in front of the right people. And that that really was a huge turning point, I think, because before I learned about that, it, you know, nobody was really unless I'd given them my website was finding it. Do you have any numbers on um, sort of how many people are visiting your website a month? I, yeah, I try. Well, I try and use Google Analytics to sort of keep on top of that. But it's done this new change recently and I still can't get my head around what I'm looking mm-hmm. at. So Yeah, I, no, I, I feel exactly the same with that. I had I had it before. I had every month I'd write down, OK, I've got that many people, that many bookings. But yeah, I've, I, I've lost it since they changed yeah. it. Um, and then I, I should probably learn uh, how to understand it a bit more on WordPress. But again, I'm just not tech technological minded so i'm doing my best but i know i know people are getting there because um i make sure my contact form on my website say how would you hear about me as part of the question so it'd be be google or instagram or you know from a friend so i know that people are finding me so that's good yeah is most of your work coming through your website or do you get contacted through instagram as well uh, quite a lot from Instagram, actually. Um, and then, yeah, Instagram website or we've seen you at a wedding or, you know, somebody recommended you. That tends to be the sort of top four. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people don't think that website's important and don't think that they should have a website. I mean, I completely disagree. I think you should definitely have a website, even if it's not your main source of getting bookings. If, if like, for say, you were getting most of your bookings through Instagram, still think that you should have a website just to look more professional, have a place where all your all your showreels and stuff sit. Um yeah, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think it's that uh, like customer confidence, isn't it? That they can see your Instagram, and they, they that can be your sort of shop window, and you're showing your latest, you know, videos or, or what you're doing. But actually, then to go and read about you um, and what you've done, and and I've got a blog which I do not keep up to date on there. But that's you know trying to give people helpful tips with planning the weddings and things like that. So it just it, the more that people can read about you and find out that you're a real person and that you have experience doing this thing, like the more confidence is going to build i think yeah i um again i really enjoyed your like about me video which i've not seen many people do do before either i felt like that's a really good idea that some people should take on board um one other thing i was wondering about your website did you do the um the copywriting did you write that yourself or did you get a professional to do that part as well so when i uh, originally had it um redesigned i got a copywriter to do it and then, then when I learned about SEO, I realized that it was all a bit wasted because the keywords weren't there. So then I had to sort of edit around, you know, you're just trying to squash the same phrase in about three sentences in a row so that Yoast is happy with you. So, uh, yeah, I did get it written up because also I think it's really difficult to write about yourself and be like, yeah, I'm great. And look at all these things I've done. So I just sort of gave it all to a copy editor and was like, just write nice things about me and make it seem professional. And then had to change it a little bit to to fit the keywords in. So it's a bit of both. Um, Some of the pages, which are new since I had it redesigned, I've had to put the text on but yeah some of the some of the main home pages and about me section were written for me because I think that's so much easier. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I mean, the world of AI now has taken over a little bit. And um, that is super helpful if you can't afford to to get a professional but if you can I think it's definitely worthwhile oh yeah yeah it was, uh, I think you know even though I was like I still want to keep it first person for the main parts still somebody else writing it first person for you <laughs> it's nice yeah so are you doing anything else to promote your website have you ever done run any ads or anything or how are people finding it apart from google obviously 
No, I mean, I, the world of ads, I sort of tried to dip my toe into it and, and look into Facebook ads. This, again, was in COVID when, you know, not much was happening. And it just seemed so confusing. And, you know, I just didn't want to end up losing money and it not hit the right target audience. So I've never done ads. Um, I boosted posts on Facebook before I realized that was a waste of money um, because it, it, again, wasn't hitting the right audience. So I'm just relying on Google and uh, Instagram, just the right hashtags on Instagram, um, tagging suppliers that I work with, making those business connections. Because more often than not, I also get, oh, you know, my photographer suggested you or this other wedding supplier said they've seen you so just that those network connections mm-hmm. make a huge difference i think yeah do you um is that a, um a good way to get into weddings then is um working with suppliers yeah i think so because obviously on the day you know the the main people that i tend to work with are photographers because they're all day so they even if i'm not coming to the evening they're going to be there to take a picture of the first dance and probably meet each other um obviously the venue but the venue staff are so busy that you generally don't get to properly introduce them unless again you're there quite a lot and and DJs because I work a lot with DJs so um I just think if I can be nice and bubbly and friendly and helpful to all these people um they're going to remember me and and do a good job musically as well but they're going to remember me for the right reasons and then when somebody says oh we're looking for sax player do you know anyone hopefully I'm the first first person they think of (laughs) do you get hired mostly for sax or for vocals or is it a mixture um it's a mixture and i always give couples the sort of opportunity to choose i'm like i'm not offended if you just want me to play saxophone that's fine um and then some people are well we'd like you to sing during the ceremony or you know sing in the drink reception then save saxophone to later or do a bit both you know so i'm just totally flexible to what people need but it's never a you you know you have to have both or yeah just um so i want to go back slightly to your social media there as well so i noticed you've got close to a couple of thousand followers now which is pretty good going i've got nowhere near that yet at the minute do you have any sort of plan for your social media or do you just sort of post as and when or it's a bit loose i mean um i I never used to post at all. And I think the biggest step with me for social media was getting over that fear of, well, nobody really wants to know what I'm doing or, you know, I don't want to be like bigging myself up all the time. And then when I, when you start thinking of it, try to really get my mindset into being I'm a brand like you know this brand and this brand ideas and and people are nosy and they want to know what you're doing so I try and at least post on stories a few times a week I've just you know if I'm setting up at a wedding or I'll, I'll go on every Monday and do like a little chat just about oh this is what I'm doing this week and um just and I found that people feel like they know you so I turn up at their, their people's weddings and they're like, oh, somebody says to me, did you get your car fixed and stuff like that? So they're like, they, you know, they like to know about your life. And then I just try and make sure that I put at least a reel or a post up at least once a week. And it's I find it challenging having that content because I want it to be good quality rather than just, you know, I try not to do selfies. I'm not a selfie person. So I don't really want just a selfie of me. Um, I always ask my couples if they can send me pictures that their photographers have taken, if they don't mind me using them. Or if I'm working with a DJ, I'll be like, oh, can you just like film a bit of me playing and and get my content that way? I'm I'm really terrible for repurposing content. Apparently that's a, a thing you should do and I don't. <laughs> yeah i mean i'm only just sort of getting into the to the world of instagram um my my wife she makes um she's a wig maker and she's been going really hard on her 
um, Instagram now for just over a year and it's really now starting to pay off. She's getting so much work coming through from it. Her posts are going, doing really well and stuff. So I was like, I need to start doing that now. I need to start making a, a better plan for next year because it, it's it, staying top of mind, I think, is the best thing that it's for. Like, um, as you said, um, and posting and just, just popping up on a story or whatever just is super helpful, yeah, for staying top of mind. Yeah, definitely. This is like that saying that people need to see you three times or something to... For yeah, it's like three touch points or something yeah um, and so you think well, they'll if, they, you, yeah. if they've googled you and then they're following you on instagram and then you're coming up on their feeds then then you've kind of got it yeah i i am um, it, it took a little while to get that confidence with with posting and then and it definitely like i didn't believe that instagram could get could secure work but it's probably one of the one of the best platforms i think that's it as well i think people need to get over um that it's not it's not even for your friends if you can you can make your friends unfollow you if you don't want them to see the content that you're putting out just and then you can just post content for for your customers to see and not feel so self-conscious about it i think yeah i totally get that like and i just think it, that that was definitely a fear at first like oh, i don't want to be showing off and i don't want to you know people to think that i love myself or anything like that but then if if they don't want to see it they will unfollow me and actually a lot of people you know who are of my actual real life friends on my account like to see what I'm doing as well. So it, it's one of those. And that account did start off as a personal account, which I never used, you know, when Instagram first started, I literally joined because you could put nice filters on your pictures and that's all I used it for. And then when I had a couple of friends in completely different businesses to me, um, I had a friend who painted peg dolls for children, wooden peg dolls, another friend who made uh, children's clothes, and they were literally getting all their work through Instagram. They had no website. They had no Etsy shop or anything like that. And they were like, you need to be on Instagram. And I was like, but I don't really know how that would work for music. Like, it's not a physical product that people can see. Um, but it does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just a quick break for an advert. Top professional musicians use Gigio to manage their bookings and admin. It's an easy-to-use web-based software that takes care of your inquiries, contracts, invoices, payments, and reports. It generates professional PDF contracts in seconds and allows your clients to agree them online quickly and conveniently. It will even automatically update the diary on your phone. Read what other top musicians say about Gigio right now and take the 30-day free trial at getgigio.com that's g-e-t-g-i-g-g-i-o.com are you using any other social medias are you on tiktok or anything like that or i am on tiktok but i um i just repurpose what i put on instagram and apparently that's bad so um but i just don't really i feel like i'm a little bit old for tiktok and i don't really know what i'm doing on there um i've just had i've got one video that just that went viral on instagram and so i chucked that on tiktok and it went viral over there as well so i was like and then it was like I don't know a crazy amount of views and then other videos have had like 200 views and you're like I don't really know the algorithms and and what I'm doing but I I have had a few times you know I've seen your video on TikTok so again if it just gets inquiries and it's sharing that content then then it's free it's it's um people need to know like and trust you they say before they're gonna ever gonna hire you for anything and that is it's exactly that just showing off your personality and your skills and then hopefully they like it know you and then trust and feel like they know you as you said earlier and then trust you to, enough to hire you so is there anything else that you're doing apart from your social media and website that's bringing in work um 
No, not really. I mean, I do wedding fairs. I try not to do too many. I, um, I try and keep it out of wedding season because otherwise, it, you know, you, you gig on a Saturday night and then you've got to get up at the crack of dawn to get to a wedding fair on a Sunday. It's just... And I've got two young children. And um, How do they work? Sorry, I've not... Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know too much about wedding fairs. Do you have to pay to go there or...? Yeah, you have to pay to go there. Um, I'll be honest, I usually secure a little discount by going, but I'll perform during the day so you've got live music which a <laughs> is works for me because i want people to hear me because if they don't hear me they don't know what they're getting but b it looks good for the people running the wedding fair because they've got live music so, yeah. so i'm a bit cheeky in that way but yeah um they're usually about three or four hours long and you you get a table you can put your you know some leaflets and business cards and whatever you want to, to show people I usually put my wedding awards on there and certificates and things as well because you know it's that confidence boost um and perform and chat to people and again it's them getting to see that you're a real live person um but they they can be hit and miss you know some sometimes you get hundreds of people through the doors and you can get quite a few bookings and sometimes it's just a really quiet one so I I tend to now that I'm a bit more established with it just uh just do the big affairs which costs more money but i know that i will definitely get at least one booking out of it yeah nice um you just mentioned your awards there i'd love to talk about that for yeah. a bit. um yeah how did that come about so i think randomly on facebook um it must have been the end of 2021 i kept seeing like people because i was making connections in the wedding industry and you know following people and and seeing what they're up to and i saw this thing about a wedding award in um in the southwest and i was like what's this and you know it's the gala event and all these things and i, I sort of read up on it and it looked it was free to enter i thought like, oh, i'll give that a go well, what have i got to lose i'll give that a go next year so entered and you just have to ask your clients to vote for you so um i always i got into a really good habit of after a wedding sort of about a week later i'll send them an email you know just sort of saying thank you for booking me and i hope you had a great rest of your day and if you'd like to leave me a review here's the link and if you want to vote for me in this wedding award here's the link um and a lot of people will because you know they've had a great wedding day and they want to say thank you and which is lovely um so i went to the uh, southwest wedding awards at the end of last year uh with no preconceptions because i've never been before i knew a couple of suppliers so it was nice to see people outside of weddings and i won which was um like massively unexpected but just just brilliant and um sort of uh, in for a penny in for a pound i'd also found out about the wedding industry awards um in that same year in 2022 and i just thought that one wasn't free to enter but i thought well you know i'll just <laughs> may as well i'll just do it and again people just had to vote for you and then that was slightly more complicated that you had to fill in profile questions you had to upload pictures from you performing and and this all those sort of extra bits um and I was a regional finalist and I didn't win that one. And I'm quite competitive. So that bugged me. <laughs> so this year I was like, well, I'll enter them both again. Nothing to lose. Um, and and part of the things that I knew they were looking at um, in the wedding industry awards, as well as your clients comments and your profile questions and your you know the um media videos and pictures that you upload is your website and your social media so that in a way was a bit of a kick up the bum to make sure that they were on top form for what i felt i could do as well um and so yeah and then this year i went back into southwest wedding Awards and won that one and actually that pressure now that i'd won the year before was 
was weird. And I was like, I don't actually know why I'm doing this to myself because if I don't win, does that mean I've got worse? <laughs> um, but fortunately I won. And then I did win the, the wedding industry awards as well. So I was like, yeah, you know, like I feel like a, I've pushed myself further to make sure that I'm delivering everything that I can to my clients. But it, it gave me that's and that's why I had my website redeveloped at the beginning of the year as well. I just sort of looked into my business and go, well, what didn't they like then if I didn't win or what could I be doing better? Um, and hopefully it's worked. Yeah, well, yeah, the proof's in the pudding, right? Um, do you think that winning those awards has helped to get to get more bookings? Um, I think so. I mean, the the Southwest Wedding Awards obviously sort of shares things on social media, and and I try and share. You've got to shout about it because it is it doesn't steal that cu- customer confidence that you know my customers have voted for me and they've said such great things that I'm winning in awards for what I'm doing. Um, and the Wedding Industry Awards, they're really hot. They've got a big Instagram following and they share things. And actually what I hadn't really appreciated because I was just so focused on, you know, trying to improve myself and, and my music and my business to win that award is that you now go into the national part <laughs> of the awards. You've won a regional and now all the regional finalists go into the national part, which is in January. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not expecting to win that. It would be amazing if I did. But it's that extra step now of like, oh, okay, so you've got to really, you know, make sure you're doing everything that you possibly can be to to create that amazing wedding day experience for your couples. I've totally forgotten what the question was now. Um, Just do do you think, (laughs) no, not at all, do you think that it's helped bring in more customers? And I think you've said that it does, it instills confidence. So maybe a bit of a curveball at you, but if someone was just starting out and wanted to get into the wedding um, musician market as a singer or as an instrumentalist or whatever, what kind of tips would you give them? Um, be nice to everyone you meet, honestly, because you'll be remembered if for, for those good things um, and being, you know, helpful to the venue and, and other suppliers and, um, yeah, and believe in yourself as well, you know. I think that for... For quite a while, I held this belief that I wasn't good enough to do weddings, wasn't good enough to do weddings. And that actually, that's just crazy. Like, you know, if you can competently sing and play a musical instrument and actually play songs that people might want to listen to at a wedding, then go for it. Get out, get yourself out there, do some wedding fairs, meet some suppliers, meet meet the couples. And um, yeah, and just I think the hardest thing really is possibly managing people's expectations with um what material you might be able to perform because i think that's that's something that's come up sometimes when i get a request and i'm like i just that's just not going to sound very good on saxophone <laughs> or, or a particular song which is you know maybe originally a male song and slightly has a lot of rap in it and i'm like as a female singer i'm just not going to be able to do a good cover version so i think more that so than when i was doing a lot of agent gigs that that was quite that's been an eye opener that people don't really know what your limitations might be (laughs) yeah um back to the be nice to everyone comment i um i don't film weddings at all but a friend of mine who does film weddings he he wanted um a second cameraman so i went along with him first wedding i'd ever shot before and there was a saxophone player there and he uh was playing at um uh, as as people entered and uh, i think by the time it even started he'd had about four beers um, and then just got progressively more drunk um, throughout the set and was um, like absolutely wasted by the time he'd finished. 
and just super unprofessional. Um, and then I think he drove home after that as well. No, he, he disappeared and he definitely drove there. Um, obviously, I'm not going to name a name, um, but no, yeah, just, that's how not no, to I behave. Mean, yeah, you've got to, yeah, you've got, I mean, I never, ever, even if the couple offers me a drink, I never drink on a wedding day because I'm working. And, you know, if you're working in any other environment, in a shop or an office or whatever, you just wouldn't, you just wouldn't do it and yeah. it should be no different so yeah you, you've got to be nice to everyone and remain professional because again that whole idea of you being a brand what are you going to be associated with if, yeah you know if you turn up drunk or you get drunk it's just not worth all that work you've put into your image and you know doing well yeah yeah so it. the um the dj turned up later and it turns out that he'd got him the job and um he was obviously really unhappy with how how he'd um uh, presented himself and everything so again he's probably not going to get much more work from him no definitely definitely got to think about the bigger picture rather than like yeah you know you know i'm gigging i'll have a couple of beers but i think i've always been like that i've never drank uh other than a terrible time decision i made once when i was working in dubai i've never drank when i've been performing <laughs> but less said about that as well <laughs> well that kind of brings on to the and i'm sorry because i didn't prep you properly and I've, i'm sure i sent it over but obviously i haven't but the last bit of the show is um where i like to talk about a, a best gig and a worst gig but obviously i haven't given you time to think about that so if you don't have anything absolutely don't worry but if you do have something just a, a nice story and like a, maybe a funny story or whatever you you've got would be great was this didn't happen but this was could have been my worst gig of the year it was summer holidays this year um and i knew that somebody had requested a song from the greatest showman obviously i'm at home with the kids and trying to rehearse around them isn't always the easiest so uh, when i got like an hour i just you know shoved my ipads for an hour and i just i didn't check the sheet did not check the booking form started learning never enough great fine can play that easy i've got back in track and stuff and then literally i think it was two days before the wedding i actually pulled out the booking form uh to see that it wasn't never enough it was um one of the other ones which i can't even remember now and i was just like literally my blood ran cold that that was the bride's entrance song and i could have turned up on the day and played completely the wrong song because of the chaos of the summer holidays and, that. and anyway it turned out it was not too bad to learn and i managed to do it but it just that that close that was a very close call um best gigs i've just had some really good ones where just everyone's on the dance floor and they're just giving it large um bride and groom are up on people's shoulders and just everyone singing along and you know they they want to party i don't think i've got one that sticks out in my mind that's like that was the best gig i've ever done there's just been a, a lot of good high energy, you know, DJ's on it. I'm on it. Yeah. Nice. No, yeah. no. Great. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, what's the plans for the future? Have you got anything, um, anything planned for next year to grow your business or? No, I mean, um, obviously I've got this national wedding awards in January and, um, uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> and I, and I'm looking forward to meeting other suppliers there actually, and meeting finalists in my category. Cause there's quite a lot of finalists that I actually follow on social media and they are quite inspiring. There's like, Oh, I get to be, I'm actually on this playing field with them and I get to meet them in person. So, so that's going to be good. And I feel like I'll learn a lot from that. Um, I've got a crazy busy summer and, you know, I've got bookings into 2025 as well. So I know that, you know, the works there other than quiet sort of January period, 
Um, and I just, yeah, just want to keep going with it, really, and um, and playing and performing and doing all the bits and pieces that I love to do, really. Yeah, nice. Um, just to note on that uh, quiet period comment, um, do you, if you know you're going to have a quiet period, do you sort of plan to work on your business then or do you like plan a holiday for that time of year i do try and get organized with my songs to learn um so i do have a list written out on my phone in date order of what requests i've got so i'll try and get get on top of that um early in the year i do try and you know make more time for social media posts um do try and we do try and go away if we can as well but this is time of year that because i teach is why i teach music two days a week that kind of keeps that steady income stream coming in so um and i I enjoy teaching as well so so I've, i've got that and then i will take on some more agent gigs if you know if time allows and i'm a bit quieter um yeah so that that's sort of the vague plan at the quiet quiet point of the year but it does pick up from sort of mid-march so not too long nice i mean do people still get married in in january or do they, or do yeah, they not i've got a wedding on the 8th of january a twilight wedding in bath i think it just you i guess if you want that summer wedding and you know british summer's not always guaranteed anyway but if you've got in in your mind that you want to be outdoors and in the sunshine or at least in the warm then that's not going to happen in january so it, there's definitely peaks and peaks and troughs with with wedding season yeah yeah um so is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you'd like to speak about i don't don't think so awesome yeah i mean i've really enjoyed the chat i think there's um, been some real good information for people in there um so i guess lastly if people wanted to connect with you or find out more about you where would you send them uh, you can go to my website, which is Lucy Harvey, L-U-C-Y-H-A-R-V-E-Y.co.uk. I'm Lucy Harvey Sachs on Instagram and I'm Lucy H. Sachs on Facebook. And I think that's actually quite terrible because they should match up, but um, I don't know why they don't. <laughs> um, and I, I would love to give you my TikTok, but I've actually no idea what I am on TikTok, but you might be able to find me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and having a chat. Thank you for having me. So there we have it. Episode one is in the bag. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation and got something out of it. I do plan for these to get more business focused as we go on. But as I said, you've got to bear with me a little bit while I find my feet with this thing. Um, also, if you miss any of Lucy's links there, they will you'll be able to find them at my website, which is infocusrecordingcompany.co.uk forward slash podcast. Also, just a reminder that if you'd like to connect with me and see what I get up to, you can find me on Instagram at infocusrecordingco. That's CO on the end there. And lastly, if you have any feedback, would like to be a guest or have an idea for a great guest, uh, you can email me at feedback at the full-time function musician podcast.co.uk. I'd love to hear from you. So that's it from me. I'll catch you next week for episode two. 